Hey Husker fans, it is the probably the last cold day of this spring, but it's already summer on the Pick 6 podcast with Tom Chattel. I'm Evan Bland. Uh, the venerable Sam McEwen is out this week, so it's a, sort of a one-on-one setup uh, here midway through the spring. How, how you doing today, Tom? Good. Just trying to stay indoors. Yeah, the last day, right? Like you can turn on your sprinklers, uh, you know, tomorrow if you want to. Yeah, well, it, it it's not the last day. Uh, I, I, I think we all know that it's going to be cold again. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, it's cold it, for the College World Series. Yeah, yeah, but we'll be begging for the cold here soon enough. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to be hitting on a few different things. We're, we're halfway through spring. Uh, we're we're going to talk about Frank Solich's return to Nebraska, touch on a little baseball at the end. Um, but off the top, Tom, I wanted to ask you, you know, we're, we're eight practices through now. Just generally speaking, what have you learned? What have been maybe some observations that you've taken away from players, coaches, what you've seen on the football side? Yeah, you know, I, I haven't watched any practice, so I, I can't give any any insight there or any observations there. But just the, uh, you know, the, the the coaches are all. I don't think they're all they're 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 all good interviews or good quotes, but they they are. <laughs> but they they give good attention to detail. Every answer uh, has has something in it. And I, I think that's that's very useful for us, but and, and the reader. But it, I think it just shows that these um, that these guys, uh, for them, attention to detail is important. Um, it's, it's a little thing; it's just a quote, but a lot of their answers um, go into detail, and they know what they want. They have a plan, um, and they it's just. It's just it's very impressive, but um, as I've said many times, you guys have been great so far. I just I, I just hope, I just hope that, that, that they can coach because uh, if, if they can coach, it's going to be great. Mm. Yeah, and and it's the unity yeah. messaging too. I think that strikes me where yeah. where you know every guy is saying the same thing, and it you know again there were a lot of good things about the staff last year, but but one of them was not necessarily unity of messaging. I mean, you heard a lot of different things from guys with experiences from all over the place. And you didn't, you know, who you didn't know who was maybe going to contrast who on a given practice. And it just feels like it's the same consistent theme that we've gotten from all the assistants. And, you know, I think we knew coming in that this staff um, was loyal to Matt Rule, but you start you start looking around and it's, I mean, it's obvious on the field too. I mean, he's coaching the coaches. Uh, he, they're, they're deferring to him and his leadership still. Uh, so many of these guys uh, didn't necessarily take promotions to come to Nebraska, which has been the case. Oftentimes it felt like with previous staffs, a lot of these guys could have stayed in the NFL. They could have, uh, you know, Tony White could have stayed in Syracuse where he was successful. Marcus Satterfield was doing fine at South Carolina. Um it, it just feels like, yeah, there's 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 a unity there. And and the coaches clinic, too. I don't know if you heard much from that, Tom, but it did the feedback that I heard from high school coaches was how detailed that was. And it just felt like there's, you know, from from the big stuff all the way down to the little things, they just they, they put a focus on on every little thing. Yeah. 
I agree. How about, uh, you know, from the, the players perspective, have you anything stand out um, from the guys that we've heard of so far? Hmm, not really. Um, again, I haven't talked to many players. I was uh, away on the NCAA tournament for a while, so I missed some uh, the early stuff. But, um, yeah, I think the, the players are, are generally impressed with things. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed uh, yesterday the um, – you know uh, the, the 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 kicker uh, 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 Timothy Bleakrow was talking him about special teams coach Ed Foley and how much he wants to or maybe it was the 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 the, the punter Brian Bershini. I, I I I get them all I get all those guys mixed up the the kickers um, just talking about how he you know every every day that they had, that they wanted to improve something. And he wants to go to the NFL. And there was a guy that um, Ed Foley worked with um, in the NFL that um, is 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 really is really going to help them, uh, but you know, achieve their goal. You know, the, the way they practice, the, the things they're trying to do. I, you know, I've interviewed a few special teams coordinators over the years, but this was the the, the most detailed I've ever heard. Um, a coach go into it so um just um about what they want to accomplish every day uh the part returns um the you know uh the 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 the, the kicks uh the 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 the, the punts to go onto the eight yard line and, and and he did it over and over and over and um i don't know it just seemed like they uh, like you said they, they've got a plan and um uh but it's 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 fun to hear detail i mean we all love football everybody in the state uh wants to hear more and more um about what they're doing and these guys love to talk they love to talk football and though they don't mind being interviewed and they don't mind um giving the fans a glimpse of what, what's going on so um yeah it's uh it all sounds good i'm trying not to get too excited probably go probably go four and eight next year but it's going to be a lot more fun for Nate. Well, Foley's old school, right? Like yeah. when, from what we've seen at the open practices, I mean, he's the guy whose whose voice carries across the field. Like he's that guy that you would think of as like that that hard nosed high school coach, and mm-hmm. um, you know, Philly guy loves loves the Phillies. He's talking about that before the session starts. But but I think what's interesting about him too, Tom, is he's a guy who was a career college coach who spent three years in the NFL. And as he spoke uh, on Tuesday about it, you know, saying the value that he had working closely with special teams in the NFL, he, he talked about Johnny Hecker, the the, the all pro punter. And, and he's an interesting story because that was a guy that Brian Buscini has, as, as idolized for a long time, a year ago before Ed Foley and, and Matt rule were even on the radar uh, Brian Buscini was talking with uh, with us media folks about Hecker and, and a piece of advice he gave him in helping improve as a punter. So now you have <laughs> the guy who coached Hecker coaching mm-hmm. Buscini, and it sets up a, a really interesting dynamic there. But like, okay, so we talk about you talk about maybe they'll just go four and eight again next year. Obviously, one of those things that have held Nebraska football back has been on the special teams side. What in, in your experience talking with different special teams coordinators over the years, seeing the different schemes, do you have a sense of what could be 
different about this group or what makes this uh, this unit or what could make it distinct under Ed Foley? Oh, no. I mean, Evan, we've heard this every spring. And right. We get excited every spring. And every time there's a new coaching staff, they have a new way of doing it. And the boy, it sure sounds good. I can't wait to see this. And, you know, we all thought Scott Frost's staff was going to be, you know, uh, you know, they just came up, they, they were just came off a undefeated uh, year at UCF. They were all geniuses. I mean, I just want to sit back and why I'm not going to make any judgments on this thing. I'm, I'm just not. Um, but I know I know everybody wants to hear it, but let's just watch. I mean, they're not going to. But as far as special teams, I like the fact that he wants to block punts. And he went in, in, into this great detail about what kind of punt returner, you know, that they, they, they have to have and the, the, the qualifications, you, you know, you have to be able to uh, – uh, uh, the uh, you know, you 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 got to find the ball in the air first. You know, then you've got to not worry about getting hit, and um, you got to have confidence in yourself. And I mean, I just was just fascinated listening to him talk about the, about the, the that kind of stuff. Um, I think they're going to play starters, but they don't know who the starters are yet, obviously. Um, and that they won't until the fall. I, I I just I think the the, the detail is, I keep going back to that. It's we don't often hear that, so um, I, I it's, it's encouraging. But again, <laughs> these are all first impressions, and they they've been wrong before. They have. That's that's true. You, you got to like the aggression, though, right? Like you talk about blocking puns and returning puns mm-hmm. too. I mean, how? And I think you and Sam talked about it. Uh, the other day after practice, but just how many fair catches has Nebraska had where you just sort yeah. of give up and surrender 10 yards, whatever it might be. Um, you, you know, you, you like the mentality of taking a chance, right? And I thought it was interesting too, Ed Foley talking about even just on kickoffs, like you don't, they don't necessarily want just the big legged guy to kick it through the end zone for a touchback. Like they want right. some directional stuff. They want to sort of, tempt opponents into returning because they feel like they can make a play and they want to hit and they, uh, you know, want to put it in a spot where it's to their advantage. And and so like, I don't know, I, I thought that was refreshing when it just felt like the last few years it's been, don't screw up, don't screw up. And now, now here the staff, at least vocally, and, and there's a long way to go, but they're actively saying we want to win games because of special teams. And man, it feels like it's been a long time since Nebraska has been able to say that. Yeah, the one thing I asked uh, asked uh, Ed Foley about yesterday was the, the the fair catches. I said too many times Nebraska, there's 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 been ten yards of space between the, the returner and the guys coming at him, and he, he they, they always fair catch. I said people get tired of fair catches. Um, he said, well, we don't do that. So they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna expect the guys to catch it and go. You know, I'm, I'm gonna make somebody miss and go. Um, it's just you know, they're they're gonna try to block punts, and when you block, try to block punts, it it, it helps set up uh, returns down the road because then the the punt team has to try to worry about the the punt being blocked, so that they've, they've got to keep more guys in there you know, to, to block, um, and, and that's why they release early. So, um, 
it's 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 a common sense approach. Everything is um, it sounds like basic football to me, and I I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Hmm. Feels like it's been a, a fairly low drama spring too, right? I mean, we've had years where there've been injuries or you know position battles. I guess it felt like, and there's really been none of that. I mean, Rule has come out and said that he's not even considering a depth chart until the fall, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know why that would be. But I don't know. It does it feel kind of routine to you? Like to this point, it, it just feels like they're they're getting into football. The spring game's a few weeks away. Well, I and mean, this is how it had to be, and we we all knew this. They've got to learn how to block and tackle. We can't worry about who's playing quarterback or who the, the, the jet chart. They can't worry about the, any of the games next year or any of that crap. They've got to learn how to play football again. It's been too long. Um, you know, I think. If you go back to the Iowa game last year, there was certainly was some good football going on there. Effort at the end of last season was better. Um, they, they, they tackled better. I, I thought Bill Bush had a great impact on that defense. Um, the defense played, played really well toward the end of the year. Um, so it got better, but it is a long way to go. I just think they're starting from scratch. It's just like, you take a bunch of guys who don't know how to play football and you're trying to teach them how to play football. Not quite the case. And, and, and even they've said that, that they've inherited guys who gave effort and and, and and there's a lot of things here that they can work with. But in what it, it but it is true in some cases. They this is a program that has to learn how to win. Um they've got to learn how to uh, com- uh, 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 compete. That's what the spring is about. What about last Sunday? They're all, they've got all these games set up. Everybody's trying to turn everything into a game, uh, a big competition. That's great. Who can who wants to compete and who wants to hit? That's what the spring is all about. Right, and they went live last Saturday, and mm-hmm. and we saw it uh, in the open portion of Tuesday's practice. Yeah. There were there are a lot more green jerseys out there, right? Which means there are some guys that. Took some hits and were a little nicked up, but that's kind of what you want to see at this point in the year, especially with the new staff yep. evaluating some new players. All right, so so one other thing that Matt Rule and this program have done, and and Trev Alberts, the AD, uh, is they're bringing back Frank Solich to the spring game, and mm-hmm. they, they said that'll be paired with another special announcement uh, as it gets closer to the event. So we'll see what that is. But what did you hear? And you wrote a good column on it, Tom, about. Uh, how Nebraska didn't necessarily just fire Solich, but it fired the way that it played football for decades. So what does it mean to have Frank Solich back in Memorial Stadium in front of the fans on April 22nd? Well, I guess it it could be closure in some ways. Um, It doesn't end the curse. Like I said, the the, the curse was, and and, and firing Solich was, uh, symbolic of this but the curse was nebraska uh willingly and knowingly going away from what worked all those years and steve peterson started it um tom tried to bring some of it back but i don't think bob Pelini was really interested in, in what nebraska had done before um and then sean i had no idea and i don't think bill moose did either <laughs> so <laughs> finally Okay, we talked about before physicality, fundamentals, um, uh, 
the competition, all those things have to come back. And they are coming back. It feels like Matt Rule and his staff are the most Nebraskan of any coach they've had since so much. So it, it it all kind of it, it all kind of vibes together. It's it's um it all fits. It's a great time to bring him back because they're seemingly finally going back to what they used to do when when they're winning all those games. So, so um I think it's great. Um I think it 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 does finally you know put to rest the um, the idea that you know there's you know you know you know this he that he was wrong of course he was wrong you know some in some ways obviously if if you don't believe he should have been fired um, but I I I don't know I I I've talked about this so much like I don't even know what I'm going to say. <laughs> It's it's good to have them back. It doesn't. It won't. It won't, won't mean they're going to win ten games next year. It won't mean that there's some curses off. It's just it's the right thing to do. And Nebraska's getting back to doing the right thing to do. So, and I think it speaks well for Matt Rule that that Frank wants to come back. Um, I think he he's had several several good conversations with him, um, and um, he likes where it's going. He thinks it's going to be good. So. It, it, it all ties together. Hmm. So I was in college uh, during the Callahan years from 04 to, to 07, essentially. So I remember Frank Solich uh, growing up and, and, and watching him on TV and everything. I'm curious, though, and, and I've met him a couple of times. He, he was at the Boys Town event uh, for the Outland Trophy a few years ago. And, and so it was cool to see him back there. But I'm curious if you have a couple uh, stories to share from, from back in the day, coaching Frank, what he was all about, just sort of in the day to day. Uh, not really. Um, no, I always um, enjoyed Frank more off to the side uh, than, than he was not a guy who was, uh, who was going to wow you uh, in front of the, the, the microphone, but um, um yeah, I no, I can't. Um, I can't say that I have a lot of any, any any really any really interesting stories about him. No. Okay. If I if I think of any, I'll let you know. <laughs> I can't right now. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's cool that he he's he's back, and you know, we talk about attention to detail. It feels like this is just another one of those things. This was a, a Matt Rule and Trev Alberts uh, concoction to bring him back, and like it, it's not necessary, right? Like the staff would have done fine. And, and would continue to do what do its thing, whether he was on the sidelines on April 22nd or not. But it's just another like little, little extra thing that maybe can provide some closure for fans. Um, because, you know, you think about all the coaches since then, and there's really none of that, right? Like people aren't clamoring for Bill Callahan to come back. They're not clamoring for uh, Bo Pelini to be back on the sidelines to, to acknowledge the crowd. Like there's just something symbolic about it and if that furthers this notion that everyone's pulling in the same direction and that the the administration and the fan base is as unified as it's been since what 2018 maybe or or, or maybe you go all the way back to uh the early 2000s um you know what, what can it hurt and so to have them there to put that forth that effort to me is just another example of 
of how this group seems to take the small things just as seriously as they take the big things. Yeah, and I, but I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't give Matt Rule any, any kind of credit for this. I think he, I, I think he does indirectly because uh, I think I think Frank liked him. But this is all this is all Trev Alberts, um, and uh, from, from the day he was hired, he wanted to do this. It's, it's taken him two years to do this. Um, you know, uh, Scott Frost was on board with this too. I think um, trying to get him back, but um, it, it just he he didn't want to do it um, because he didn't he didn't want the attention. He he just he didn't want to stand out in front of the crowd, wave, and it just wasn't him. And 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 it's, it's not. Um, but I just again, this is just you know this is different than any other coach. This is a guy who uh, was recruited by, by Bob Devaney. He played for Devaney. He coached for Osborne during all the Warriors. Um, and then he was, became the head coach. Um, I've, I've said they should name the locker room after him because nobody spent more time there than, than Frank Solich. Um, mm-hmm. And so I do feel like that there's a little bit of, maybe from the fans, I don't know about Trev. I think for, for Trev, it was the right thing to do. And and I've obviously, I'm sure Tom has been in in his ear, um, Tom Osborne. Um, but, but this is, you know, uh, uh, Trev is a really big Osborne uh, guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is a this has Tom's hands all over. It's the right thing to do. It's you know, um, I think maybe from some people, maybe from Nebraska standpoint. There's some guilty feelings here. Okay, you know, one of their own, one of the the true oil Huskers was treated poorly. Um, when you're head coach, you're you're hired to be fired. But the way it went down, uh, you know, all, all you know, uh, a winning year, um, you know, nine and three. Um, I think there were probably some. Uh, I, I, I guilt that goes along with that. So does this does this take away that? No, it doesn't change what happened, and it never will. But again, it's it's, it's the right thing to do, mm. and uh, I think we we can all move forward. Um, stop looking back, <laughs> move forward. Maybe, maybe that's the idea here. And I think it's another reminder to Tom, like the dynamic of the the AD coach sort of relationship is is in a good spot for Nebraska where you've got Matt Rule who's you know by all accounts an outsider he's not from this area he doesn't have ties to Nebraska obviously he's ingratiating himself to the people and the tradition but the the caretaker of the tradition and the history is now sitting in the AD chair which is really fascinating to me because um, you know people maybe could have told Matt Rule about Frank Solich but Trev Alberts knows what happened and he knows what that means to the fan base. And so, you know, to have that guy be the one to reach out and have the the current coach being uh, welcoming to that, it's just a really, I think a really interesting dynamic and one that Nebraska hasn't had in a while. I agree. Totally. So it's, it's, it's really interesting in that way. All right. Let's switch real quick to, to, to baseball here, Tom. And I know, that's especially college baseball. It's not a sport that people maybe pay attention to until March Madness is done. That's kind of the, mm-hmm. the history of it, especially in the colder weather areas like this, where, I mean, it's just now 
getting up to be sort of comfortable baseball weather this week. But I'm curious, you know, I, I, I follow the team. I cover the team regularly. I'm curious from your perspective as, as sort of a casual observer to this point, you've had a lot of other stuff going on. What, what have you made of this team? You know, what, what sort of stands out to you from what you've seen so far? Well, I mean, I don't have a lot to offer there, uh, but you're right. I haven't paid that much attention to, I've tried to pay a little bit. They have some good wins. Uh, obviously I'm Vanderbilt, um, was one, uh, uh, last night was another, um, that, you know, they, um, they they took two out of three from Illinois, and that was a good start. Um, but they are they aren't the big. You know, my impression of Nebraska are they when they came into the league that they were kind of the the big dog in the Big Ten, and and that they didn't always act like it. Um, they found out very quickly that the Big Ten wasn't impressed. Um, but there are you know uh, they're going they're going to Michigan now. You know, Michigan's arguably uh, the, the the top program in the league. It's not Nebraska. Um, they've been to the World Series uh, a few years ago, and um, now they've got a new coach. We'll see how that works out. Uh, Iowa is good or better than Nebraska right now. So uh, it's they, they, they've got um, now a couple of years ago they they, they won the league, um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I mentioned. I think this is a good year to find out. If, if they just got hot that year, if things just had the right chemistry, or if the program was really ready to go back and do that again. And uh, this is a big weekend for them. Yeah, it is. They, you know, it's, it's essentially halfway through the season. We talk about halfway through spring football or halfway through the regular mm-hmm. season for college baseball too. Uh, you know, they'll have a couple midweeks the rest of the way, but essentially <laughs> their non-conference season is over. So you get it's, it's win in the big 10, they're 16, nine and one. You mentioned the the series win over Illinois, but like this is, I think when fans will start paying attention um, because again, it's going to be sixties and seventies. They have some games at Haymarket coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah. And it's, it's a fun team. And, and I would say like, especially for casual observers, um, you know, enjoy these last few weeks of Max Anderson, because he's going to be a, a high draft pick here. Uh, in a few months, I think you could yeah. say the same thing about Bryce Matthews, um, Jace Kaminska, who's their Saturday guy. I mean, they could have a number of draft picks here this summer. And you're right, Tom, you think about the 21 team and and how dominant they were. Um, but, you know, if, if you're if you were a doubter, you could say, well, you know, some of these guys were Darren Erstad recruits or it was a weird league only season. You know, how, how do you sort of factor into that? And then they have the down year last year so it's i think it's been encouraging when you talk about sort of the what you could project nebraska to be under will bolt long term where they're just you know they're kind of balanced their defense has been solid uh the pitching just recently is is really starting to round into shape beyond their two aces and they've got some depth of hitters too so it's you know it, it feels like this is the point where you could start making a run but because you played a fairly weak non-conference schedule. Some of it through through just the fact that the teams you played aren't as good as they've normally been. Um, there's there's some pressure on these weekends, so it should be fun. Um, you know, Haymarket Park on a Friday night's a fun place to be, right? Like even if you're yeah. just a casual fan. Absolutely, it, it, it's still magical. Absolutely. What did you think of uh, the legends coming back? 
I know you weren't there, but but Darren, you know, Erstad and and Shane Comey and Alex Gordon having their their jerseys retired there on that left field wall. Yeah, I love that. And I, I wish they could they could um and I've written about this before. I, I wish that there were uh, more uh of those type of banners and, and things around the, uh, the 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 ballpark, but apparently they're they're not allowed to do that. Like so like have a college world series uh, you know have like a logo somewhere or, or, you know, they're, they're, you know, what they've done um, on the, the, the outfield walls or maybe fly flags or something. Uh, there, there's some kind of agreement with the city of Lincoln or the ballpark that it's, it's, it's supposed to be generic. So, um, but yeah, I, I love that. I love the history. I love having those guys back. Um, it's great to see Comey. Day. I haven't seen him in forever. Um, hmm. You know, at least 20 years. Um, they had the Hawaiian stuff on. Um, yeah, it was um, it was just very cool. Uh, I, I, I I I like that, and it, it's fun to see Nebraska baseball history. There's been a lot of it um, since 1999. So um, yeah, I, I, I wish I could have been there. Mm-hmm. In which, in what way do you think college baseball has changed since the glory days of? Nebraska baseball in the mid two thousands, because a lot of it's cyclical, right? Like since that time, they've had the bat changes where home runs at the college world series were almost non-existent. And now it's exploding across the game again. Technology has obviously come a long way in terms of scouting and shifts and things like that. Do you feel like what Nebraska did in the two thousands to get where it did is translates to today's game or are there differences kind of like we talk about with football, like what they did to succeed in the nineties. A lot of that maybe has changed. Do you feel like that's the same conversation with football, with, with baseball um, or is that formula to to succeed fairly similar in your opinion? Oh, I just think it's it's just harder because the more teams are good. Uh, More teams care. Uh, More teams in the the big 10 are are, are a lot better than, than they were 10 years ago. Um, No doubt. Yeah, more teams have have got facilities. They put more they put more into baseball. Uh, look at UNO. I mean, they're they're not an easy out by any means. Uh, they've already beaten Nebraska, so um, you, know, you used to count UNO to be that um, midweek W. Now you, it's it's hard to put a resume together with a lot of Ws because everybody's good. Um, so yeah, I think the the, the short list for. The re-hosting regionals and the World Series uh, isn't there anymore. It's 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 really expanded, and uh, you know you you can't be you can't be surprised anymore by who, who makes it to Omaha. Um, I just what I'd like to see uh, happen is um, Nebraska get to the Big Ten tournament, and let's make this event a big deal in Omaha. I just think Nebraska. Has a, a certain responsibility, uh, and, and you know, they maybe didn't ask for it, but by by trying to bring the tournament to Omaha, they kind of did. They you know they need to help. They need to be there every year, and uh, I feel like the, the event just hasn't quite taken off yet because Nebraska has been so up and down and have, have not always been there. So uh, that's to me would be, um, you know, let's put aside the. The, the talk of the regional hosting regionals and world series and stuff and, and, and trying to be, um, you know, on, on top of the big 10 every year, a type of team that comes to Omaha every year. So 
Um, I, you know, as much as I'm not crazy about Big Ten baseball, that's where we live now. That's where things are. And um, so I, I just like to see them, uh, you know, I, I, I guess it, it, it expand their role in the Big Ten, but it's harder because more teams care. So, and there, there's more talent now that, that goes everywhere. Um, they, they just don't go to the the, the big boys. Um, and I wonder about the, the NIL, how that's going to play into things. Um, I'm sure schools like LSU and Vanderbilt are very serious about NIL and baseball, and maybe others aren't. So, um, you know, Nebraska, I, I, I don't know where they stand on that, but uh, I'm sure some are probably getting some, but. And you know, it's uh, it's so kind of new, you know, the NIL thing. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, the you know, my impression of like Nebraska baseball's NIL is that it's it's very uh, grassroots. I suppose it's sort of what NIL was intended to be, where guys are yeah. doing some commercials. I think you had a couple guys last year doing uh, some spots for restaurants and things like that. You know, I went to the I spent a day at the College World Series last year asking a lot of the the star players kind of how much NIL activity they got. And and quite honestly, even a lot of the top guys don't get a ton in college baseball. And maybe that's improved in a year. But as I know that Tennessee has its own baseball collective, uh, LSU is obviously a strong player there. But, um, you know, there's not a ton of that activity. So it's it's sort of a humbler version of, uh, of what yeah. we've seen in football and, and basketball. Yeah. Interesting point about the big 10 tournament though, Tom. I mean, you remember 2019 was the last time Nebraska was there. They make the big 10 semis uh, against Michigan. I think there were like 16,000 people in the stands that day. I mean, right. It was cool. Right. It was a cool event. And then COVID in 2020, they don't have a tournament in 21. And then of course, Nebraska doesn't make it last year. Um, you know, just falling short, finishing ninth, as Purdue uh, and Maryland have a canceled game that affects their outcome, you know, 600 miles away. So maybe this is the year. It sure seems like this is the year that they'll get back into that. Uh, all right. One, one other question on college basketball. UConn wins the national championship mm-hmm. over San Diego State. From a Nebraska perspective, Tom, what did the, this NCAA tournament tell you about Nebraska's chances moving forward in terms of being a tournament team and taking that next step under Fred Weber. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if it told me anything that I didn't already know, and that is the if if, if they ever get, if they get their act together, that that I can be in the tournament. It's, it hasn't that hasn't changed. Uh, it's not anything. You know, they're in the right conference. I mean, they get nine teams. It's almost you know. It's almost hard not to make the NCAA tournament in the Big Ten. <laughs> My God. So you have to be trying hard not to be in there. So uh, Nebraska's done some things, to, but they finally, I think he's got it together now. But he's going to hit the portal hard. And um, we'll see. There's a lot of a lot of interesting rumors out there, a lot, a lot, a lot of talk. So they can do it. But um, – my gosh, he needs so much still. Um, you know, uh, point guards and uh, big men and and uh, the guys who can shoot threes and there's just a long list of things he needs and uh, he can certainly get them. 
but but then he's going to put it together again. Um, every year is sort of like a new year. I, I think it, you know, I might, I, I don't know if they can make the tournament. I, I don't know who's even on the team right now. So, I don't, sure. but yes, what, I, what it tells me is, um, you can make the tournament, but boy, winning that first game would be hard because there's a lot of Ford Atlantics out there who don't care who anybody is. And, um, mm -hmm. Certainly, um, you know, the Big Ten champion, I, I didn't make it to the second weekend. So, um, right. you know, it's uh, again, and, and um, that's a whole other topic about the Big Ten basketball. But it's certainly, it's available to Nebraska if, if they would just get, get it together. Um, you know, this past year, they were pretty close. They could have been right there at the end on, on, on the bubble. Um you know, had they not had those two injuries early, and you know, and they, they needed to get Tominaga going earlier, um, I needed to get him back uh, next year. But so, I, what it, what it tells me is um, what I already knew: it's it's available if they start playing basketball. Hmm. I guess what what I would add too is like it feels like, and and this bore out over the tournament, like there's fewer dominant teams in men's college basketball. But there's more depth because, like you're saying, people care more. Uh, schools are investing more money in facilities and coaching salaries. So it kind of strikes me almost more as like it's harder to make the field because there are more programs that care. But, man, once you're in, like anything can happen. We saw another 16 take down a one. Uh, Florida Atlantic nearly plays for the championship. Like if you get in, it's a total crapshoot, in my opinion. Like you look well, at it's, it's it's a it's a sport. That's not run by facilities like college baseball is. It's a sport run by the NIL and the, the portal. Right now, the portal is absolutely blowing up. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in, and all these rosters will be – these coaches have to have to, have to to recruit their own players to stay, and they have to go find guys who are out there. It's, it's – you know, these coaches used to be off until – they would recruit on April 15th, and then they would be off for a little bit. Now there's no more of that. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a sport run by the portal and, and the uh, NIL, and uh, UConn's got a lot of both. Uh, so does Creighton, and uh, that, that's how it works. Um, the, the the Big Ten, I don't know if the if the NIL how big the, the Big Ten always seems to be lagging behind on a lot of stuff. I'm not sure how big the NIL is there. I think it's getting bigger. Um, but uh, you know, Michigan Center, uh, Dickinson entered the portal. I mean, it's just crazy. So, um, yeah, you know, it's not hard to if you can get the, you have the money and you have the the right coach who can who can bring players in and offer playing time. You can put a team together and get in the tournament. It wouldn't take that much. But um, that that that's what's facing Hoiberg right now. Yeah. Well, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up at that. Uh, it's been a little bit of a slower week. I think next week we're, we're going to be back into spring ball for some more. It's coming off of the big uh, baseball series at Michigan. And we're just going to start inching a little bit closer, a little bit closer to the summer, a little bit closer to mm -hmm. maybe drawing some conclusions finally uh, with the football team down the road. We'll have Sam back next week as well. Um, maybe touch on a little bit recruiting and a lot of other items going on around Nebraska. Athletic. For Tom, I'm Evan. Thanks for listening to the Pick 6 Podcast. <laughs>